There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Saving starts with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Munoz and Diosa Fem. Hola, hola, locamores. Welcome to season six of Locatora Radio, por Casteras Next Door. Locatora Radio is a radiophonic novella, which is just a very extra way of saying a podcast. A podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. Thanks for tuning in to Capitulo 131-131. Last time on Locatora Radio, we just had a quick check-in, life update, a little pop culture review. Today, we are talking about the relationship between Latinos and plants. And we have a very uh, plant-famous guest, actually, on the show. So make sure you tune in for the second half. Yeah, but just to get started, you know, we wanted to examine the very interesting relationship that Latinos and Latinx folks specifically have with plants, but also like the link some people go to, to continue this like hobby of plant parenthood. 
um, because it's very serious on the, on the social media landscape. Um, it's its own business. Um, either you own your own plant store or you have like an Instagram account where you do brand partnerships. So it's mm-hmm. definitely morphed into something very big and very different. Um, but for some of us, it's like, we've grown up with plants. We've grown up with like our parents caring for them, our grandmother's gardening, our grandparents garden gardening. So we wanted to talk about all of that today. And then also invite our wonderful guest, Andy Soch to talk about her business Latinx with plants. Absolutely. We did notice in the pandemic that at least on our Instagram feeds and what we saw, there seemed to be this huge boom in plant parenthood. Um, and there even like is an LA times vertical now about plant parents. Right. Uh, but we do have some housekeeping and some announcements, uh, internally, you know, we like to remind you guys to follow us across social media. We're everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, And, um, if you are looking for a findom drain, you can always hit our Venmo at locatora dash radio gas prices are up. And, uh, you know, we're gigging, we're in LA, we're commuting, contribute to the project. Another way to support us is by using our affiliate code Locatora Radio 15 on vivacosmetics.com. You can purchase your favorite lippy highlighter makeup item from Latina owned makeup brand Viva Cosmetics. And make sure you head to our website, locatoraradio.com, and subscribe to our newsletter, Besitos. Our newsletter subscribers get all of the most direct, up-to-date information about our events, our parties, the things that we have going on outside of the podcast. You know, we have quite the little podcast community that we've been building over the past six years, and our listeners like to come out in person and dance and party and laugh and enjoy live music and have a good time. So we're curating all kinds of events um, for our listener community all summer. We just had a party called Bebe Sota at Resident. It was wild. It was so fun. We sold 380 tickets, but there was like definitely more than 400 people there um, with guest list and everything else. So we're doing it again next month. It's going to be August 13th. It's a Saturday at Resident. We're going to put out a flyer and the event bright and announce the DJ lineup. It's going to be lots of fun. And then we're also going to have another Marijuanera jokes and tokes. Um, This month, actually in July, it's going to be on the 24th, which is a Sunday at the Artistry Studio Lounge in WeHo. So once again, make sure you subscribe at locatoraradio.com so that you get all ticketing information for all of our events. Also, not to be dramatic, but I will be debuting a new look at the next Bebasota party because I was not able to attend the last one. So I have to show out and show up really hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Literally, um, Diosa, you have a hair appointment the day before, right? Like, yeah. And I'm doing a brand new look, something I have never done. <laughs> so I'm like really excited. So come to Bebasota to see my look and also to dance with us. Yes, literally for all of the above reasons, it's going to be so fun. And uh, you can also get a discount on your next purchase at mota-glass.com using our affiliate code marijuanetap4p. Um, And make sure you subscribe and become a member on our Patreon. All right, so let's get into it. The carne, the main dish, as you say, Mala. 
Mm-hmm. So we're talking about plants. We're talking about the plant boom um, for over the last few years. But I think especially during the pandemic, did you buy any plants during the pandemic? Were you, were you one of those people? Because I definitely was. I did buy a couple of plants. And then, uh, you know, what happens is like my grandma has this pothos that she has been growing for years and years and years and years and years. And years. And she is constantly taking clippings of it and starting new plants and then giving them away. So, you know, she does that from time to time with succulents. She likes to take clippings and then what's it called? Um, when you uh, propagate them so that they, and then, and then she plants them and then she gives them away as gifts. So I accumulated plants, but it was a lot of just, we're here at home and we're tending to to the house and the garden. And so she was giving away lots of clippings. And so I got some. I love that. I went to a nursery. I went to multiple nurseries over the course of the pandemic. Shout out GT nursery in Bellflower. Um, I definitely bought lots of plants. I would say most of them survived. There were, there was a period where I got like really ambitious and I was buying like really hard to care for plants, like the notoriously die, like the calatheas, I think they're called. And I bought a couple and it did not matter what I was at. I tried so many things. And so now, you know, season three, year three of the pandemic, I have learned like the plants for me, which are the monstera and the pothos. Those are like, I can keep those alive. They're so intuitive. I feel like they let you know what they need. And that's the kind of plant that I need. Like, I need you to tell me I'm thirsty, bitch. Like, look at me, you know, (laughs) or like, Oh no, you're giving me too much water. Like, you know, Uh, let me dry out for a little bit. A a plant with good communication skills, a communicative plant. Yes. Yes. And I, I used to be the kind of plant parenthood that like showed too much love. And that was like, I think also like what I was doing in all my relationships, I was loving Mm. too hard. Mm. So you gotta, you gotta learn to step back, right? That's suffocating love. You were drowning them. I was drowning my plants. Yes, I was. (laughs) I could not, I still haven't even tried succulents. Like I've given up on owning succulents. I Mm -hmm. I hate that people say they're easy to take care of. They're not. I killed them. They're, they are, they're delicate. And I love that you're, you land on the pothos and the monstera, because I feel like those are also very classic, like senora plants, like senoras love a long, viney, sprawling pothos inside the house, outside the house, hanging on a table, on a counter, attached to a wall, like everywhere, (laughs) everywhere um and it's because they yeah they're so sturdy and you can basically push them to the brink of death and if you start watering them again they will come back <laughs> like yes there was uh in not that you should do that but you shouldn't do that in in 2020 you you know they'll survive <laughs> they will survive in 2020 i bought a beautiful plant was caring for her um i watered her in the evening And I was letting her like dry out before bringing her in and I forgot about her. And so the next day she was scorched. And so we named her La Quemadita and she came back. (laughs) She came back to life. She's fine. She's good now. Like we, we like removed all the burnt pieces. I apologized profusely. I felt terrible. (laughs) And now she's back. She's thriving. Like two years later, three years later, she's good. Resilient, tough. Exactly. 
And we love that. See, that's the type of plant that I need. I can, that I can handle. So yeah, I think really in my apartment, the only plant that I have is like my big pothos in my bathroom. What else do I need? I, I have to keep my dog alive. I have to keep myself alive. I can keep the pothos alive. Trying to keep the podcast alive. Like I, it's, I can't handle anymore. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, speaking of keeping the 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 podcast alive you know I was reading this article about I think maybe you shared it to me shared it with me actually and it's about people that were going into plant debt oh yes you know yes let's talk about it so there's like you know a very online plant community they share their tips they they have small apartments big houses what have you it varies and they're full of plants. It's expensive to purchase plants. Even if you go to a nursery, the more exotic the plant is, the longer it's been alive. Like you can find cacti that are $500 because they're years old and that's all the care that it went into them. Right. And so it's expensive. Like unless you're propagating, um, it can add up. It can be a very expensive hobby. And when you go to boutique plant shops, right, they're a little, they tend to be a little pricier. And so there was like this article by Input Mag where they examine a hoarding problem in the plant community and folks that were even going into debt, charging their credit cards to keep up with like a perceived plant lifestyle on Instagram. Truly. And I, I, Remember at one point early in the pandemic, tweeting a very real question, all the plant influencers online, I want to know at any given time, how many of those plants are like near death? How many are actually alive? And how often are they replacing plants for the gram? Because as we've established, it's hard to keep these babies alive. And I refuse to believe that all those very vastly different types of plants are all surviving in the same apartment. It's in the same ecosystem, you know, like I think about one of the reasons why, like I, the succulents here, my grandma will repot them and propagate them. And then they do just fine in all their little vases, but it's because they're still on the same property. Like this is their environment. So they're fine, but you're bringing plants in from all kinds of different places. And I don't know, I'm no botanist. I'm just, I'm just speculating. (laughs) This is what I think is happening. But it also made me think like, can a hobby lead to debt? Absolutely. Like, look at us in the podcast. Oh oh God. Yeah. (laughs) At this point we keep going because we have to, we have invested too much. We've spent too much. Like we have, we have to keep going. We also love it, but we also have to keep going. Yes, we do love it. We do love it. Um, We're not quitting, but yes, we have many incentives to podcast forever. Yeah, I mean, another fascinating, well, yeah, we're podcasting forever, basically. Forever. (laughs) (laughs) It like took me a second to process that. I'm like, oh yeah, this is like signs in blood. Yeah. You know, like. Mm-hmm. This is happening. This is, this is, we're doing this. Oh yeah. Uh, baptized in Prosecco, baby. It's sealed. <laughs> yeah. Put it really? on my tombstone. Yeah, truly. Anyways. <laughs> so like another really fascinating thing was that it's, it can also be a federal crime if you steal 
a succulent from a California state park. And there was a man <laughs> that got two years in prison for stealing plants worth $150,000 <gasps> at a California state park. Holy in moly. This was in Northern California, but like, I have to believe that this probably happens too, like here. <laughs> All these plant people. Yeah. Have you ever like been driving? I'm sure you have, but you're like driving down the road on a freeway, on a street, and you see like a beautiful succulent. And it's definitely crossed my mind. Like what oh, if yeah. I were to get a clipping of this? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, not so much has it crossed my mind as like growing up, my mom and my grandma like would do that. Like they would take clippings allegedly. Oh yeah. Allegedly my grandfather would take roses and he would bring <laughs> them to us. It was very yes. sweet. But when I'm driving, sometimes I think of, I've never done it, but I've definitely like Especially after reading this article, I was like, well, <laughs> we're never doing that. No, that's jail time. There are some beautiful plants out there. Uh, you, you know what my mom used to do? Okay, growing up. So things like plants are so expensive, right? Decorative river rocks for the garden. So expensive. Yes. So you know what my mother used to do? Allegedly. Allegedly. What would she allegedly do? We would be driving down like, the, let's say the the freeway, like, but out like in the San Gabriel Valley, out towards like Azusa, Glendora by like the, 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 you know, there's big rocks on the side of the highway. My mother used to pull over on the side of the freeway, have us get out on the side of the road and grab the river, the rocks, the decorative rocks and put them in the car and take them home. And then she would decorate the yard with them because she didn't want to spend money on rocks at Home Depot. And so like she would be driving and if she saw rocks that she really liked, she'd be like, okay, kids, go get those. Those ones, those ones, those ones, those ones and bring it to the car. <laughs> it was like a six month period of our life until she completed the whole yard. Allegedly. Allegedly, Allegedly. this happened. There's no proof. There's zero evidence, zero proof that this happened, but it, it happened. Those rocks are expensive. When I was, when we were redoing our little, like, we have like a little tiny patio area in our backyard and we were, my primo and I were redoing it ahead of the pandemic. We were gardening. We were redoing things. We were, were crafting. You were. Yeah. That era of my life is unfortunately over, <laughs> but I had a good, good segment of like DIY oh, time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I was doing everything. I miss her. Mm-hmm but we're busy. We're more busy now. You were but being very handy. I was, I was, I also didn't have nails at the time. Mm, right. The nails were gone, but all that to say going to home Depot, I had no idea how expensive those rocks were. I had yep. never had to purchase them before. So expensive. So expensive. It's highway robbery. I mean, in my case, literally we were robbing rocks off the side of the highway but it's only because the prices are so jacked up in stores or we wouldn't be driven to do such things. Right. I mean, we could make the case for, for the man that stole the, the plants as well. I mean, yes. Succulents are expensive. That does seem like a terrible thing to be charged with. Like, come on, come two on now, two years. Come on guys. Can we, I, can we get them back? Can he return them? Like that's all just re replant them. Just come on. I, I just also think that there's a lot of other, there's a lot of other bad, bad things going on that maybe deserve that attention, but not this, not clippings. Sounds terrible. Can like California fucking get its shit together, please? 
I know. I mean, look, I'm pretty sure that in the next 10 years with like the environmental issues we're facing, we need to be thinking about where we're getting water from, not who's taking clippings from the park, you know, but I digress. That's an episode for another day. Yes. The water crisis, (laughs) the water crisis. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, But today we're actually going to be talking with plant enthusiast, plant parent, plant parent, Andy Soch, who is now an entrepreneur. She's an entrepreneur. She's a plantrepreneur, (laughs) artist, business owner, uh, Andy Soch of Latinx with plants. She's going to be telling us about her journey from grassroots organizer to artist to business owner, how they all intertwine and how necessity led her to creating her business. Uh, Make sure that you guys leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and leave us a voice message on our website, locatoraradio.com. Let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoy. Podcasteras Peligrosas. Right, listeners, we're super excited to have on Locatora Radio Andy Soch, uh, founder of Latinx with Plants, and a whole host of other cool projects and initiatives and work that you also have under your belt. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here today. We're super excited to hear from you. We've been following your Latinx with Plants journey from Instagram page to now having two physical locations here in LA. So please say hi to all of our listeners tuning in from home. Hi, everyone. This is Andy. I'm very honored to be here speaking with you badass ladies. Uh, I've been seeing your journey as well. So it feels good to be constantly supporting each other, especially between brown women. Yeah, I definitely feel, well, first off, thank you so much for being here, but I definitely feel like there's, in LA, there's like this ecosystem of Latinx artists, women of color, like doing really dope, innovative things in this, in multiple spaces and avenues. So it's really great to have you on. I know you've been doing lots of different things over the years um, in Boyle Heights and just LA in general. So would love to get started by hearing about your journey as an artist and how you became a business owner and perhaps how those two things are intertwined. Yeah, of course. I think, I think the root of, um, or like the passions that I have have come from, from community organizing. I always say it's been grassroots organizing that really pivoted me into becoming like this boss mujercita, I guess. I guess folks would say, I I honestly, I don't know what kind of role I'm taking on. I feel like I take so many roles, but I think 
community building has always been at the root of everything that I do. I think it started with this nonprofit art organization called Self Help Graphics. They really gave me the foundation for, you know, what was to become of me as a organizer, artist, and now a plant business owner. So I was working with them um, at the print studio, but let me go back a little bit. I, I guess I was taking the workshops and that was really awesome to be a student that evolved into an actual instructor and actually landing like a dream job of mine, which was to become a master printer or the master, the next master printer. I was working so hard to become the first female master printer that, you know, when I had to quit, it, it just really crushed me. But um, while I was there working, I also uh, co-founded uh, a collective, uh, all women of color by collective. And I organized with them for about four to five years and it was with the intention of empowering women through a bicycle. And we, ride, we would ride every full moon. We would talk about issues that were affecting specifically women of color in our neighborhood. So it was kind of like a healing circle. It just cheesed me on though. And then just talking about what was happening in our personal life without judgment. And then of course, um, uh, I segued into Nisantas, which is an all, also the same kind of um, vision of empowering women, but this time it was through art and we would organize at self-help graphics and, and just taking up space and inviting other women who didn't have the means to become or just be an artist. We, we, we gave them the tools in the space free of charge and judgment, of course. And then what happened? And then I was at Subho Graphics. My dad get, got really, really ill and I needed to help him. I didn't want to sell my artwork. I feel like very insecure about it. I also felt like it was something really personal. And I started having pop-ups at Subho Graphics. And that's kind of how it started. Um, the page, of course, was influenced by Black with Plants, uh, started by Darrell, who was based in D.C., and he was highlighting the black community in a way that wasn't being highlighted the way in a way that it was more than just aesthetics. And I felt like we had so much in common. Uh, we had organizing roots, backgrounds. And I was like, I wanted to highlight my community using plants because essentially that's that's who we are. It's a big part of our DNA, our ancestral knowledge that we should be carrying it on. And I felt like I wanted to do that. But yeah, that's kind of like the, the gist of how it started. Of course, I can go deeper into the open. Yeah, it really is so interesting how one area of your life feeds into the other. And I'm wondering if you can kind of give us a little bit more insight into the specifics for those listening at home who we have a lot of creatives and artists and folks who are business owners as well. And I know people look at a project like yours and think, wow, this is very aspirational, you know, from 
uh, the, the art, the organizing, the Instagram account to now the physical locations. And if you could share just a little bit about how you made the jump and also what inspired you to take it from the digital sort of space to let's make this an in-person situation. Um, I always thought like connecting with people on a, on a personal level, um, on a physical level was really important, uh, especially, I mean, it got really tricky because of the shutdown, right? But using the digital platform was a really easy way to connect with people on a larger scale, but on a smaller scale in my community, it was easy for, for folks to approach me, ask about what I'm doing, about what I've been doing. Um, so the pop-ups really helped out. Um, of course, you know, necessity, you know, we, we are a community of minimal means and, but this is the thing that we, I've noticed that we have a way of turning a bad situation and becoming proactive. And in my case, it was, okay, my family member is, is very ill. They need money. Let's sell something. And of course, I wanted to sell whatever I, whatever I could, but I thought plants was something that wasn't really being um, brought to the community, or at least these types of plants, these like rare kind of more tropical plants that I know, you know, all of Latin America has them everywhere around and, you know, in their native countries, but here they're more sacred, you know, it's almost like, um, their identity through plants. So it was really easy for folks to come when I started doing the pop-ups at my house. It was easy for them to come book an appointment and kind of have that one-on-one -on -one connection with not only with their plan, with me and have almost a moment of therapy and, and talk about what was going on with them and how plants were really helping them. And, you know, a lot of cry sessions were happening. And I think that's how I built that foundation for my my business which happened almost four months after my first pop-up from my house so what would you say the timeline was from like pop-ups in your home to like brick and mortar oh my god like in the blink of an eye my head was my head is still spinning I feel like I don't want to open up another shop for another decade I've just it's I'm very <laughs> grateful but the energy that goes and the love that goes into it is just like I said, the, the, the switch never turns off. So it's not until I'm about to have a nervous breakdown, then it's like, Oh, okay. I, I'm supposed to have a vacation or, or something like that. But my first pop-up was 2019 around Christmas. Cause that's the time he got, I remember he got really sick pandemic, the shutdown happened. So by Mother's Day 2020, I had my first pop-up. And then August or July, yeah, July, I had my, my, my soft opening of my first brick and mortar. And then Day of the Dead, November, that's when I had my opening, my second opening. And yeah, those those were wild times. I, I always think about them being like, I. It, it's like, I, man, I'm like, I feel like, man, I, nothing can 
ever go right for too long because something always has to happen. And it's just the balance that you just have to accept, you know, that the, the, the openings were great. But at the same time, my dad was like in ICU, like fighting for his life. So it was, it was like a bittersweet moment for me that I didn't know I could really savor the the triumph of opening up something so monumental I guess that it was for me but I think if it wasn't for him I wouldn't have had that so it, it keeps me balanced I guess I, I I love this conversation because it's bringing in so many different elements like yeah there's the family connection there's the personal journey there's the digital community there's opening up you know the commercial space we noticed that in the course of the and the pandemic right is like the backdrop to all of this and we noticed this huge plant boom at least online even the LA times, uh, started up like a plant vertical and featured you in fact, and Latinx with plants. So I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about like your maybe perspective on the plant boom and the renewed interest, I guess, in plants, whether it's aesthetically or for the reasons you've talked about, like cultural and ancestral. I, you know what, I, I, I felt like there was like a like a movement already happening of of the like like in of tropical and decorative plants already happening but it was mostly in the white community right because I feel like it was very elitist it's like oh who has the the latest or the the newest or the weirdest rarest plant and for us it was like damn we're lucky we can even afford you know the basic ones so to me, it was like, yes, I want to highlight these plants, but I also wanted to bring it down to the basics. Like, what does it mean to come into your home and just be greeted by greenery and what that does to your mental state and your spirit? Um, how, how these plants can really change your mood from like going outside. Because at the time I was living in front of Hollenbeck Park. And if you're familiar with Boyle Heights, Hollenbeck Park was coined late, uh, recently the dirtiest park in Los Angeles. And yes, Kevin DeLeon, I'm talking to you because he's in charge of this district. And it's one of the coolest parks from a distance, but you come and get close, it's horrendous. It's so sad. How is this possible that we're so close to downtown, to the arts district, um, and this is happening. So I was walking by, you know, the entrance of my home. And I go in and my my roommate who owns the house at the time, she did such a great job in incorporating um, native plants, pollinating plants. And she was very intentional with her garden that like, how is it that us with minimal means can transform something like this, but our city with like the biggest budget in the nation has this going on. So when people were coming to to our pop-ups, they noticed that. And they noticed that these plants, whether it was one or two, they were transforming their their homes, their insides and their outsides, you know, the, of their homes. So they could see it right away. So I'm kind of thankful that that was going on. You know, I was able to show them like, look, you could do this with very minimal means. 
um, that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like the common thread here is like necessity is the mother of invention. Like you were you were going through a health crisis with your father, which led you to starting this plant business. At the same time, there's a community in a pandemic, multiple communities, the nation was in a pandemic and limited access to green space. And I think that from my perspective, like that's why there was like a resurgence of like plant parenthood. Um, Because even if maybe we have been disconnected from it as a community, maybe on like the millennial level, like our parents have definitely been like, you know, steady plant parenthoods forever. I know like my mom has a plant in our backyard. That's like literally my age. It's literally 28 years old. And it used to be at my grandmother's house. And now it's like here with us. And so to see like the reconnection, I think is really beautiful. And I think your shop, multiple shops now, like give folks that access that maybe have been disconnected from it. Um, Also, you know, you're located in Boyle Heights and I know that that's also where you're from. And so I'm curious, like you being a community member, opening up shops in the community, investing in the community, you have multiple events, you do partnerships with Planned Parenthood, you make the, your shop a venue for different orgs as well. So how do you think this is in some way slowing gentrification in Boyle Heights? So I'm very fortunate that I have like the community supporting me, supporting my business. And I honestly, I, I thank the fact that I was able to organize in my community for like, I guess, 12 years now, because it was free work, but, and I learned a lot from all of that, but I didn't know that would essentially be my network, my, my support system and they kind of saw, I feel like a lot of people have take pride in me because they saw me from like this little knucklehead that was just um, struggling to get by to like growing into an organizer or an artist, a professional, and now a business owner. I do, I do thank my community for that. Um, sorry, I got sidetracked. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think having the the locations especially through these organizations like inclusive action who are actually opening up the door the possibility for people like myself who don't have great credit who don't have you know the means to own commercial property they're giving us that opportunity so uh, the program i think is in collaboration with elac and they are giving us a chance like in five to seven years to possibly own our commercial property. And, and it's on Cesar Chavez, my two locations. And they're very intentional, the places that I opened it up. I wanted to be in Boyle Heights, um, especially because my dad would say, whenever we would pass by, he'd say, this reminds me of Mexico. This, this feels like home. Back when there was still a lot of vendors and it was a while ago, but I feel like they're kind of creeping back with, you know, this whole movement of vendor rights, which I also give props to inclusive action for advocating for them. My dad was a a taquero. My mom, you know, was also a street vendor. Um, So I take that entrepreneurial uh, spirit with me. So I want to preserve Boyle Heights. I want to preserve and hopefully like 
I don't want to say inspire, but I want like hopefully motivate people to start their own business. And if they can have it here in Boyle Heights, even better because we are still we still have a chance to kind of slow it down. Uh, my first location actually is getting um, demolished and they're going to be building an, an apartment complex. And if I hadn't had the Ghana's to keep growing, I probably would have just stayed there and gone displaced. This is really um, insightful and helpful background for folks who are in LA and looking to start their own businesses. There are so many women of color in particular who have side hustles, who have small businesses, who are artists. So I really appreciate you taking the time to share that info because I know our listeners definitely will look into it and follow up on it. So that being said, for those listening, how can people follow you? Where can they visit you? Where can they shop for plants? And how can they support Latinx with plants? Sure. Um, I, I have a website, so latinxwithplants.com. Uh, we have Instagram, which is one of our most active platforms. Again, Latinx with plants. We have a Facebook that needs some love, but I'm kind of running the whole show. So um, one thing at a time. We have a TikTok also, which it's intimidating, but I'm getting there. And our two locations are on Cesar Chavez, 2900 Cesar Chavez. And the one that I'm at now, the newest one is 2208. Cesar Chavez and this is our biggest location yet and it has a greenhouse in the back we can we're offering more um, services like repotting drilling holes for you teaching you about your plants but yeah it's here and from what I consider like downtown (laughs) boil I love that. Um, I was wondering if actually you had a social media manager do you handle all the the accounts yourself? Sadly, yes. So please be be kind to my post. No, your content is amazing. Like it looks like you have a social media manager. Uh, but as many of our folks know, we wear multiple hats. We are the social media managers, the PR person, the boss. We do it all. Um, finally, but, I want to add. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I think this is really important for me to say. Yes, I run all of my my pages, but I surround myself with hilarious women, women that like have the, this tenacity that I don't have. So it rubs off. Like one of the reasons why I opened up my first location was because my homegirl was like, there's a shop, you know, being rented right here. You should check into it or look into it. And I didn't have it in me. And, and but if it weren't for her pushing me, I think it's that's why it's really important and I thank God that I organized with a lot of women femme queer trans non-binary folks because that's that's your marketing team that's your team that needs that that you need to be surrounded yourself with I love that so I would love to end on like a little fun note um do you have any plant care tips for the perpetual plant killer Ooh, for the cereal plant killers out there, I would say get a moisture reader. A moisture reader honestly really helped me learn how my soil reacts to weather, to my overdoting of plants. 
it will remind me that too much love is possible and you need to let your plants do their thing. You know, talk to them, check in on them, but let them be. I think it's one of my, my care tips. You know, it's with yourself, like don't overindulge, don't over, you know, self-care is important, but it's also like, okay, we have so many things we got to balance. So and yeah, stick to the easy ones. Stick to just because you want to be a plant mom doesn't mean you have to get every plant under the sun. Stick to the easy ones. Excellent advice. Andy, thank you so for thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Uh, listeners, make sure you check out Latinx Plants. And that concludes our interview. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar20enespañol.com. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most... State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.